is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. No Terrence today, but Micah, can you feel the excitement? We are less than a week from E3 2019. Are we? We are. I'm, I'm actually not <laughs> as excited as I'm, as I'm playing right now because it is a weird fucking E3 year. Yeah, man. I totally forgot that uh, it's June and it's E3 time. Wow. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like E3 is in literally five days as we're recording this right now. <sighs> and you know it's E3 because our, our news docket, like our headline docket, our quick hit docket is fucking gas to the gills, as they say, uh, to use wrestling parlance. There's a shitload of of E3 news. Uh, we're going to talk about what we want to see from E3, kind of our E3 wish list, I guess, uh, later in the episode. Um, I want to start by talking about something I teased last week, and that is uh, my one-week impressions, my hands-on impressions with the Oculus Quest. Ah, excellent. Now, for those that maybe missed it or are unfamiliar, uh, the Oculus Quest is the new VR headset that comes from Oculus, uh, that is completely wire-free, uh, completely wireless, does not require a PC, does not require a game console, does not require cameras. It just, it's the headset and it's the two controllers and I have a charging cable for the headset and that's it. That's, that's all that comes in the box. Now, the way it works is it has four cameras mounted on the headset itself that are built into the headset. So that instead of having cameras uh, around the room that can track you, the headset kind of tracks itself as far as where it is in relation to the room. And the way that you define your play space is actually pretty cool. So they have this system called the Guardian system inside of inside of this headset. And the way it works is that when you first set, when you first power it on and put it on your face, if it's in a room that it doesn't recognize, then it will show you your surroundings around you with a very like low res camera. Cause the cameras are pretty low res. They just exist for space detection mm-hmm. and you can set up the guardian and the guardian first detects where the floor is. And if it's wrong, uh, you can just place your, one of your controllers on the floor so that it knows where the floor is. And then you can set that. And then you can literally define the space around you and you don't have to make like a perfect square. You can literally point your controller to where you want to go, hold the trigger, and it basically draws like you can draw around you. And then when you're done draw like connecting the that space together, it creates like a box that you're playing in essentially. And that's your that's your space that you have to to work with. Okay. So, so it works in you know a smaller area, it can work in a huge area. Um, if you're sitting or standing, like if you're not gonna be moving around, you're just gonna stay in one place. You can also use a stationary guardian that just basically creates like a cylinder around you. And what's cool about it is when you're playing or doing something, when you get close to the Guardian, these grid lines will pop up like in the world around you. So that it, it, it kind of it, – it, it's a very unobtrusive way to tell you, hey, you're getting close to the edge. And if you happen to like stick your face out of the Guardian, then you'll just see the room. Like, like it will default back to the camera view. And oh, when, wow. you, when you stick your face back in, you're, you're back in the VR headset world basically, if hmm. that makes sense. And yeah. if someone and if someone comes into your guardian, you'll see them as well. It'll it'll like immediately switch to the camera view. So if someone like invades your invades your area, essentially, you won't be surprised by them. So no no sneaking up on people 
while they're playing VR <laughs> with this. So that part's pretty cool. Um, the the system's pretty intuitive. Once you get it on your face and, and set up and comfortable, um, it's pretty easy to go. So the two games that I've been playing uh, most frequently uh, are Beat Saber and uh, Super Hot. So Beat Saber was the first game uh, that I got for it. And Beat Saber is really fun. Beat Saber is basically just Guitar Hero, but instead of playing guitar, uh, you have two lightsabers in your hand that you're cutting blocks with uh, <laughs> in time with the music. Um, it's very frantic. It's very fun. Uh, they, it, it's just, it's just a fun game to play. It's one of the best kind of like VR experiences. It's something that only really works in VR. You couldn't play that game with a controller. Um, and so that was a good introduction, but the game that really made things click for me, um, was super hot. Now, Mike, are you familiar with super hot? Uh, I am not. Okay. So super hot is kind of like you're in the matrix. And there are, it's a very stylistic, like action game, sort of like a puzzle game though, at the same time where you have like, basically it's like you're in an action movie essentially. And you have like dudes coming at you and there's weapons and all sorts of stuff that are around you in these, you know, small areas and you have to just kill everybody. And if, and if you get hit with either gunfire or, or someone's fist, then, then you lose essentially. Now the regular console version of this game And I'm not, I haven't played it without VR. So I believe the regular console version has you kind of like pre-programming what your movements are going to be. And then it's like, all right, and let's see if this works essentially. So you're like, all right, my dudes are going to come here and he's going to pick up this gun and he's going to shoot this guy. And then he's going to pick up the gun that he drops and turn around and shoot this other guy. And then you say, all right, I'm going to do this. Now you hit play and you see if it works, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how you beat it. The VR version works a little differently in the VR version. Everything happens in real time, but time only moves when you move. So you can stand still and kind of plan out what you want to do. And then once you start to do it, that's when time moves around you. So it's literally like, all right, there's this gun next to me. So you reach over, you pick up the gun with the controller, wheel around and shoot this guy. And then like, there's a fucking there's like a shuriken in front of you because this other guy's coming from the other side of the room at you while this is going on. So you can pick up the shuriken and and wing it at him and fucking and kill him that way. <laughs> and so it's basically like it, it's like you're in a slow motion action movie kind of like it's 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 almost like bullet time. That's cool, man. Like because a, it's, yeah, like a like a pause and play Bioware game. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, and and because like like as people are shooting you, like the bullets are whizzing at you so you can like duck out of the way before they before they get to you and shit like that my oh, my cool. wife my wife saw like saw me from afar playing super hot and she's like what were you playing and i was like oh this game called super hot and i, and I kind of described it to her and she's like you looked like you were doing tai chi in the, li- <laughs> in the living because <laughs> you're doing all these like really slow like elaborate movements as you're trying to figure out what's going on <laughs> but and 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 for and that's and the reason that that really clicked with me is because that's the game where I would have trouble playing that game if I had a traditional wired headset. Like the PlayStation VR, it's only one wire, but it's still a wire that comes out of the back of the headset, so it's got to loop around your back and then come out from your front. So if you're playing super hot, like you could trip over it. It's always there. It, it just reminds you that you're tethered to something. 
Yeah. Right? But the thing that the quest does really well is it it really fucking immerses you because you don't – you're not, like, tied to anything. You're not restricted to anything. So, like, as you're moving around the room, like, while I was playing super hot, like, I had no idea where I was in relation to my living room. Like, I didn't. Like, unless I ran up to the Guardian – where it's like, okay, I must, I'm close to this edge here. I was just fucking in the world, like doing this shit. So, like, <laughs> like I said, that that was kind of like the the magic moment for me, if that makes sense. So, and that's and that's what really kind of sold me on. And I think experiences like that that require more range of motion uh, are going to be where the quest really shines. Like, and like PlayStation VR can do Beat Saber really easily, and so can the the Rift, which is like the high-end quest. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff like Super Hot, I think, is where it's really going to excel. And that was really cool. Like that, that like I've had a lot of fun playing Super Hot so far um and having a really good time with it. There are a couple other apps on there. They have a web browser, they have like YouTube, Netflix, stuff like that. Um it's a cool thing to use that stuff for as well. Like with YouTube, if it's a video that I don't care about having the best visual fidelity, it's kind of cool because it gives you like the movie theater experience when you're watching something mm-hmm. and you can like move shit around. And there's also like 360 degree videos that are specifically designed on YouTube that are pretty cool. Like, you know, there's one on there that I saw that was like a virtual tour of, of Notre Dame before the fire happens. So you can kind of like, you know, get like a bird's eye view and go into the cathedral and stuff like that. So for things like that, it's really neat. I, I, I got to say that if you are curious about VR, the quest seems like a really cool way to kind of dip your foot into that water, if that makes sense, because you can get it as cheap as 400 bucks. Um, again, it doesn't require any additional hardware, like just what comes in the box. The controllers work pretty well. They're, they're pretty ergonomically designed. Um, Battery life on them is good. I was a little miffed that they took AA batteries, um, but I've played for probably close to 10 hours total of VR stuff, and I'm only like 80% on both controllers, so you get a pretty good length of time out of the batteries. Um, the headset only will hold a charge for two to three hours. Um, not a big deal because you're rarely going to be playing for more than like 45 minutes to an hour at a time with mm-hmm. that anyway. Haven't really noticed any fatigue, but I also have have only been playing in like 30 to 45-minute sessions, so it, you know, might not get to a point where fatigue is a big deal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a pretty impressive piece of tech. And I think that if PlayStation can figure out a wireless VR headset, which I can't imagine why they couldn't. Um, and I'm sure they're working on one right now. I think that might really be kind of the way to unlock VR for the masses, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, when I see, um, I'm looking at a video of someone playing uh, Super Hot now. And, um, you know, normally when I see a VR game, you know, it's very, I mean, they're all gimmicky, but it's, it's nothing more than like a console game in like a panoramic view is what I feel like. Like, I'm like, I'm thinking of that bird game. Oh, that, e- eagle, uh, eagle flight. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I, games like that where I, you you feel like you can easily play them without the VR headset. If you're talking about like getting up and moving and and dodging bullets and and like like that seems very cool to me. Whereas usually when I see people play VR, it's just like. Uh, 
uh, uh, you know, they're just moving their hands and they're looking around. But if you, if you tell me that I can like, like feel really immersed in it, uh, yeah, yeah, that seems really cool. Yeah. Next, you got to remind me next time we see each other to, to bring it with me. Uh, yeah. Cause like I said, I think, I think you would enjoy super hot, uh, especially it, like I said, it's it, it, even, even more than beat saber. It's kind of a really good way to kind of unlock what VR uh, is all about. Like this guy just picked up a coffee can and threw it at a guy's hand who had a gun in his hand trying to shoot him and it knocked the gun out of his hand. Like that's cool, man. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you fucking, <laughs> like I said, you could find the, the best one was, uh, like, these two dudes, there were two dudes on each side rushing me on this bridge, and, uh-huh. they, and the two guys in the front both had knives in their hands. So, like, as I'm, like, punching one dude and fucking, like, the knife falls out of his hands, I have to duck, like, the knife swipe from the other guy. But as I'm ducking, like, I'm grabbing the knife as it's falling down, and I just bring that across and fucking stab the other dude in the leg. <laughs> and like, that like that kind of shit is, uh, is it's fun, man. Like I said, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, again, it's just not having the cable, because I've messed with PlayStation VR. And you're all, you're always aware of the cable being there, right? And it's just one of those things that it's kind of hard to fully immerse yourself in the world that you're in mm-hmm. when that's when you constantly have that. It's it's literally a tether to reality, is what that cable is. Yeah. And the and the quest fixes that issue. So I'm hoping to see more games for it. Um, that's the only the only knock with the quest right now is that the software library. Uh, it's still a little bare. I think there's about 50 games slash experiences on there. Um, and obviously, like, of the 50, probably 10 of them are really worth checking out right now, yeah. which is fine for now. But I need to see more stuff um, as time goes along. But so far, like I said, first week impressions, uh, it's pretty fucking cool. And uh, and I've been enjoying it so far. Nice. So anything new for you this past N- week? Nah, man. I'm still just, uh, I'm still playing. Uh, my Switch is getting a workout. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because you know kind of tired to work playing yeah. mortal Kombat, and you could take this thing to work and so that's all i'm doing i, I i'm i'm starting final fantasy 12 i want to f- see what uh what the uh difference between the i love final fantasy 12 that, that's another game that's um after after finishing the very colorful and kind of like why a novel version of a Final Fantasy? Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy twelve ain't fucking around. <laughs> like it's it's it takes itself very seriously. Um, it's a stark contrast between the two games, considering like you know Final Fantasy eleven doesn't really count because it's an online game. So you know the coming off of Final Fantasy ten and ten two, where ten is you know a YA novel and. Ten two is Charlie's Angels. Um, it's having this hyper serious, you know, story about two warring nations and the people that get uh, wrapped up in their struggle. It's it is it is different, but uh, I really love that game. So, like uh, the twelve twelve was one that I never played, and I kind of wish that I had because I have a feeling I would have liked it a lot more than I liked the games that bookended it. <laughs> and not 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 counting eleven. I think you would uh, if you could get used to the gambit system, which is essentially um, an a, an offline version of how an MMO plays. Mm-hmm. Then you would love it. 
because the, the, the characters are good. It's got a really good story. It's got like intrigue in it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very good. So if you ever, if you ever see it on sale, pick it up for the switch. It's, it's really good, man. Well, unfortunately I'm still in that dauntless life and also (laughs) season of opulence also starts tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, in destiny 2 with the with the menagerie with the menagerie so menagerie yeah so i'm looking forward to to getting that and and watching what what ended up being a rather disappointing season uh season five or season i don't even know fucking what season the drifter ended up being quite disappointing in the long run mostly because of my fucking comp troubles that i talked about last week um so i'm looking forward to starting starting the new season tomorrow um also tomorrow uh, Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere comes out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is the new expansion for ESO uh, that's adding like dragons and all sorts of other shit to the game that people have been asking for for a long time. Uh, we're very ignorant to ESO, so we cannot speak on it intelligently, unfortunately. Nope. Uh, Persona Q2 comes out for the 3DS this week. Uh, being as it is a new month, we have new free games that you get. We'll start with Xbox One. If you're an Xbox Live Gold member, uh, during the entire month of June, you will get EA Sports NHL 19, which is the most recent edition of the NHL franchise, or at least will be for the next couple of months. So if you are uh, enjoying the Stanley Cup Finals between the Boston Bruins and St. Louis Blues, uh, you can get some hockey action for free. And then you also, in the second half of the month into July, can get Portal Still Alive, uh, which is the 360 re-release of uh, of Portal. So if you have never played Portal, I would highly recommend uh, checking that out as well. The first Portal, it's very short, but it uh, it's very cool, and there wasn't anything quite like it at the time when it first released. No, not at all. So what a what a great game for VR. Oh, that would be a wild game for VR. That might make me sick though, because I found I found <laughs> the games that let you roam freely. Yeah, don't sit well with me mm. typically in VR. So, because that's those are the ones that usually make me make me queasy. Um, but if if it's if it's like stand in one place, but you can move freely in that one place, like that works much better for me mm. generally. So, um, Rivals of Aether is available in the back half of the month into July as well, and then Earth Defense Force 2017 from the Xbox 360 is available from June 16th through June 30th. Uh, of course, all of the 360 titles are backwards compatible with Xbox One. Now, PlayStation is a very interesting month indeed. So, of course, PlayStation is only two games on PS4, uh, but those two games are going to be uh, Borderlands The Handsome Collection and a lesser game, Sonic Mania. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played Sonic Mania, but... Um, it's it's a Sonic to- game. Yeah, I have to imagine it's a side-scrolling Sonic game, right? It is, but so so from what I understand, uh, Sonic fans carry among them, uh, sing the praises of that game. They say it's a very good Sonic game. So if you are the type to like really poor, controlling, 2D, side-scrolling platform (laughs) games, uh, then Sonic Mania will be a game for you. Uh, The rest of you can play Borderlands 2. (laughs) <laughs> and to a lesser extent, the Borderlands uh, pre-sequel. Uh, they, obviously, this is being done to prep for Borderlands 3. So if you somehow miss Borderlands 2 over some over the past seven years, uh, I would recommend checking that out as well. Yeah, you don't really need to play um, the pre-sequel. It's not that great. I still haven't played the pre-sequel. So. Yeah, the characters aren't that 
memorable. It's it's really hard to top Borderlands two in terms of writing and character. And the pre sequel didn't didn't do it. Um but yeah, Borderlands two is totally worth playing. And they have uh that um uh, that uh up that high res patch that's that, right, uh, which which makes a it. huge difference, by the way. Yeah, it does. I played, <laughs> I played it before the patch came out, once I knew it was coming, and then I played it after the patch came out, and it's it literally is like night and day. <laughs> it is hard to believe uh, that we've actually come that far in the past seven years in terms of visual fidelity. You don't notice it because it happened gradually, but like I said, you definitely noticed it uh, with that for sure. Yeah. So uh, on to the pre-E3 news, because holy shit, there are a lot of stories. The <laughs> biggest news last week, arguably, uh, is the announcement of the newest Call of Duty game, which is going to be called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now, it's this con- is... It's not confusing at all. No, it's not confusing at all. <laughs> um, this is not a remake of any Modern Warfare game. This is a new game, but they are rebooting the Modern Warfare franchise using the characters... Uh, from the Modern Warfare series, uh, but rebooting it to envision the world of today. Um, the big news that came alongside with this game is the fact that it's going to be completely cross-play platform, so it's going to be available. You can play against people on PS4, Xbox One, or PC, regardless of which platform you're playing the game on, and there's not going to be a season pass. All of the maps and post-launch content will be delivered to you for free. I mean, you have to do that, right? If you're making it cross-platform against, uh, you know, the two major consoles and PC, you can't wall anything off, right? Like, I would imagine that would be more work for them. Well, I think I think it's more of an indication that they, though they've not admitted it, and though Call of Duty is still incredibly popular, I think that they have noticed their sales probably have been dropping off, and more notably, the sales of the season pass um, have probably been dropping off for Call of Duty as well, just because there's more, way more competition out there than there ever has been. Yeah, you Call can't you can't have a sixty dollar game and a fifty dollar season pass. Not anymore. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think that's a valid. That's a valid uh, business practice. No, not in at this all. day and age. Um, so I, I think their mindset is if we give you the maps for free, hopefully it'll keep you playing Call of Duty longer with your friends instead of, you know, being like, oh, okay, well, that was fun for a month or two, but I don't feel like paying for the season pass. So I'll go back to Fortnite or I'll go back to Apex Legends or I'll go back to, you know, whatever. So they have to have some sort of money making component in this thing, right? Well, they, they've had microtransactions in the Call of Duty games for the last few years, um, in terms of like, you know, Kill, you know, uh, what are they called? Calling cards. Like, you know, when you kill somebody, they see your calling card on the screen um, mm-hmm. from you killed them. And I think they have like weapon skins and stuff like that that you can buy. So it's mostly, uh, I, I think it's exclusively like customizable items, like, you know, just a, you know, vanity items, essentially. Okay. I mean, so, look, as it should be. I mean, <laughs> right. you, you don't want to, you don't want to dip your toe into, into items and shit that might affect gameplay. Um, now, did you did you read any of the coverage of this game? By the way, the people that got to see it uh, live and in person. No, I just watched uh, the trailer. I was confused by the name because now there are three Call of Duty names with under the moniker of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. There's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, but I, I, you know, Call Call of Duty is one of those like. 
like guilty pleasures for me. Like I, I, I'm not good at those games, and I generally don't play a whole bunch of of multiplayer. But they're like Michael Bay movies, man. Like it's all about the military and just a bunch of ridiculous stuff happening. And you know the jingoist comes out of me when I play it. You know what I mean? So it's they they are fun, and I I enjoy the snappy arcadey feel of of Call of Duty. Um, this I I actually kind of want to play it. <laughs> well, with, with this one, so apparently they're really going for like gritty like modern realism in this game so if you've been wanting something that's kind of reflective of the times we live in <laughs> uh this might be it and and it might it might actually turn off quite a few people so like all the coverage that's been shared of the game talks about two missions that they got to see and one of them is like you know SAS soldiers coming in and and infiltrating like a apartment building basically and they're not just fighting other soldiers. Like, they're fighting, you know, people who I guess might be terrorists, but it's not clear. Like, it's just regular folks. Um, you know, they talk about how, you know, a man takes a woman hostage and, you know, the hostage, uh, you know, they shoot the guy. And then the hostage grabs the rifle that the man was pointing at her and she's shot. And then, you know, a suspect jump, you know, co- takes cover behind a wall and they shoot through the drywall and kills him. And, you know, they, a, a guy hides under a bed, but the, you know, they can see the barrel of his gun, so they spray the mattress down. And, and, and so he's, you know, he dies as well. So it's a very, like I said, it's not quite as defined as the previous Call of Duty games. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at, uh, just, a. Uh, a, a one sentence, you know, plot point that modern warfare will be heavy on troubling, realistic, emotional moments and being compared to thematic elements of the controversial, no Russian mission from call of duty, modern warfare Two. I don't know if I want that man. Well, and, and like the other thing they talk about is they are, it's there's, there's like a flashback event, right? And mm-hmm. you're somewhere in the middle East and stop me. If you've heard this before, uh, in terms of real life stuff, uh, Russian soldiers are occupying an area and a young girl awakens to the sight of her, you know, dead mother's corpse, basically, that was killed by a Russian bombing raid. And she, you know, uh, a Russian soldier tries to coax her out of hiding and she manages to stab him with a screwdriver and, and grab his gun and kill him. And, you know, the, and, and, and you're a child, like you're a child playing this part. Of the game, essentially. Uh, and it's like a flashback to, I guess, someone who you'll play as, you know, in mo- in modern times as an adult. But it's like, how did she- it's almost kind of like the, I, I, I it's, you, you watched Jack Ryan, right? On yeah. Amazon this year. So it's almost akin to like the, the episode where, um, you know, you kind of find like the terrorist origin story almost. Like where you yeah. find out like the Syrian bombing run that his family was involved in. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of made him the way he was, or that started started the path, if that makes sense. So that's that, those are like real fucking heavy, relatable to you know current events fucking themes. Because like what I just described to you could be Syria. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like in modern oh, times. I'm. You know what? I'm really disappointed in that, and I I I don't uh, I don't like when when art tries to um ape real life for purely for the purpose of entertainment because this isn't going to 
I can't imagine this is going to speak to something. I can't imagine the, the underlying message of this game is going to be war is hell. I, 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 and, and even if they try to do that, the people buying this game aren't going to realize it. I, I wow, that's a really big turnoff, man. I mean, it's, it's asking a lot of your audience, I think, to, to kind of get down with that. And I guess you don't have to play the campaign if you don't want to. And there's plenty of folks that won't. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, like it, it's hard to us to speak on it because neither of us ever served in the military and, or anything like that. I don't know. It seems like to me that might, that might be really difficult to handle, especially if you did serve. Like, could you imagine if you were, if you, you know, you did serve in areas? And I mean, there, there's a lot of talk right now about, you know, soldiers being put on trial for war crimes because of stuff that they did that was fucking grossly offensive right. you know, serving in like in, in Iraq and Afghanistan stuff like that. Um, so it's, I, I don't know. I gritty, gritty realism is, is it's, it's, it's almost appreciated, but it's like, I don't know if you really do want that. Yeah, but at the man. same time, they need to do something to freshen up the call of duty franchise. And I guess this is it. Uh, I mean, the, the one game that, um, that did, uh, you mean spec ops probably. Yeah. Spec ops right, is so. what I'm, what I'm thinking of. It, 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 it took a, a situation where it was, uh, spec ops, the line It's a, it's a military cover shooter basically. And during throughout the course of the game, um, the, the main character starts, being mentally affected by everything that's going on. I think that game did a, did an admirable job of, you know, digging into the psyche of, of what happens to these guys, some of these people, um, in war. But, uh, wow. I, I don't know. I don't know if call of duty can, can pull this off, man. We're going to find out in October. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> but we'll see. But I mean, like I said, when I, when I read that, like it, it literally like made me like, like, I don't know if I want to experience those things. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem, yeah. that doesn't seem fun to me. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? So like sh- shock value for the sake of shock value is just the lowest form even, of, I don't even know if it's that honestly. Like I, I really don't know if it's. And, and, and I mean, they have a history of it, so I guess it's fair to assume it is. But I, I don't even know if it's shock value for the sake of shock value. It's just a, I don't know if I want to experience that, you know, conflicting of a story, if that makes sense. I don't I don't mind that, but you you gotta well, and and, and especially and and the reason why and and we can put a pin in this and move on because I don't want to get too bogged down in it is because the game is not going to give you. I, or at least I don't think you will. I don't think the game is going to give you the the level of agency that such subject matter deserves to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to do these things, probably. Yeah. Um, or or, or otherwise, otherwise, you have to turn the game off. Like, right, or you get a game over screen. Right. Like, the, like, the one thing with No Russian, and No Russian was shocking, but No Russian did at least give you agency in how you acted during the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... We'll see. It's yeah. an interest. It's an interesting direction for them to go. I understand why they're doing it. Um, I just don't know if it's if it's the right answer. But we'll find out. So, uh, switching gears completely from that. Uh, if you if I, I know there's a lot of people out there that love 
Pokemon. And if you are such a fan of Pokemon that you're like, man, it really fucking sucks when I have to go to bed <laughs> because all I want to do is catch Pokemon. Well, there is a game for you, and that is going to be Pokemon Sleep, which is literally an app that is going to do for sleeping what Pokemon Go did for walking. <laughs> Pokemon is translate, uh, transforming sleep into entertainment. That is a quote from the this reveal event <laughs> that they did. So in 2020, this app is coming out, and the app will monitor the user's sleep patterns and reward them for time spent sleeping. The concept of the game is for players to look forward to waking up every morning, said Tsunkatsu uh, Ishihara, who is the CEO of the Pokemon company. And if you thought that the Pokemon Go Plus was a fantastic controller to use for Pokemon Go, well, just wait until you get a hold of the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which is coming out (laughs) for Pokemon Sleep. (laughs) This is a disc-shaped Pokeball, and basically uh, you will be able to store Pokemon in it, just like you can with the Pokeball. Uh, But it's a sleep monitoring device, thanks to a built-in accelerometer that you can connect to your mobile phone, and it will track simple information about how long you sleep. And deliver that information to the app. And I guess the better you sleep, the better the rewards you'll get in training your Pokemon. I mean, what are we when, doing? When I, when I first saw this announced, I thought it was a joke. Because I saw Pokemon <laughs> Sleep. And then I saw the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. And I'm like, these guys aren't even trying hard. Like, this is obviously <laughs> bullshit. And I found out that it's real. I, I don't know what to say to this. Um, <laughs> this seems kind of dumb, but it's going to be the hottest thing in gaming. It's going to be a craze. There'll be news reports about people sleeping, trying to trying to play Pokemon like it. <laughs> now, now when now when you you know when you're a teenager and you sleep from you know midnight to two p.m. the next afternoon, <laughs> and your parents are like, "Billy, why the hell did you sleep for forty hours?" You're like, "Ma." I'm trying to train on Pokemon. <laughs> look God at damn it. Look at how much better. Look at how many stats it gained while I was asleep this entire time. <laughs> God damn it. I get what they're trying to do, and it's it's a it's a worthy cause that they're trying to take up, but it it's still so fucking silly. Yeah, man. It's a fucking silly story. It's it's also a sad one too when you have to Resort to video games to help right. you, to help, to help <laughs> you know, resolve your shitty sleep patterns. Right. Like, you, you got to get people to sleep better, so you got to make a game to do it. Like it's, like, it's like a parent saying, okay, let's play a game. Who can be silent the longest? Like, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> just go to sleep. But, all right. <laughs> so, look, look forward ah. to that coming to a phone near you next year. So uh, an eight-minute trailer was released for Death Stranding. Yeah, video, um, video games are weird, man. Video games are fucking weird. <laughs> uh, the, the trailer showed us that the game is coming out November the 9th, which I think was – or November 8th, uh, which I think was a surprise to a lot of people. And uh, we probably understand the purpose of this game about 10% more than we did before uh, before going into it. So we're gonna, we're just going to talk about – I'm going to quote directly from Hideo Kojima because what the fuck else can you do? (laughs) People have created walls and become accustomed to living in isolation. Death Stranding 
is a completely new type of action game where the goal of the player is to reconnect isolated cities and a fragmented society. It is created so that all elements, including the story and gameplay, are bound together by the theme of strand or connection. As Sam Porter bridges, you will attempt to bridge the divides in society and in doing so, create new bonds or strands with other players around the globe. Through your experience playing the game, I hope you'll come to understand the true importance of forging connections with others. <laughs> First of all, like his name is Sam Porter Bridges as he goes to connect one. Right, right. Okay, we get it. You didn't you didn't have to say as he attempts to bridge the divides in society. Like we get it. We get it. You're not as deep as you think you are. Like, uh, uh, mm, okay, man. God damn it. I, I miss, uh, I miss Kajit. Look, you say what you want about Konami, man, but in the beginning, I have a, I have a feeling that they, that people at Konami were like, yo, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we can't put this in the game, man. Like, like this is what happens when you give uh, a creative, uh, carte blanche to do whatever you want. And, and there's no one to check them. This is why there are editors in film. Because otherwise, people would have, you know, three-hour Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> <laughs> now, right. apparently, there's no game over screens in the game. Like, you can never truly lose when you, when you die or fail. You get, like, transported to, like, the fucking, the BT world. Like, the, the fucking uh, enemies in the game are called BTs. And, like, you can fight out of the BT world, like, fucking Kratos fighting out of Hades, I guess, in, in God of War. Um, it's, uh, the, the babies are apparently, like, a commodity in the game. They're called bridge babies. Apparently, they're used to help detect these BTs, essentially. Um, uh, Norman Reedus uh, is, is BFS with the president of the United States who's dying. And she sends him out to, re to reconnect America. Like, that's literally the plot of the game. Um, there's gameplay in the trailer. It looks very 2008 level Metal Gear solid style gameplay. Like yeah, I was man. not impressed by the gameplay in this trailer. Yeah, man. He's, I mean, he's even got like the same running animation. Like it, it just, it doesn't, it, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know there's a lot of people who love Hideo Kojima and, and, but you're letting your love for Metal Gear blind you, man. Like I, I, I am not impressed by this thing at all. No, looks, no one, no wonder he's been playing Koi for so long. <laughs> like I, I don't want to go on a hike. I don't want to rappel down this this rock face. Like, but, well, Mike, you don't have to rappel. You can you can create a ladder, <laughs> and and you can ladder your way down the side is, of the rock. And this is and this thing is. Like the the ratio of actual gameplay to um uh, you know cutscene stylized you know in engine cutscene but cutscene gives me gives me all I need to know about how much I'm just going to be watching this thing instead of playing it if I yeah, were to get it I'm not it, getting this thing it, it does seem like a game where the concept is the most important thing to Kojima. Yeah. And I don't know if the gameplay is going to be that good. I don't think so, man. Uh, it is, it is the, the typical like stealth elements, right? 
And uh, but, but, at this, but, at, but at the same time, we still don't know shit about this game. Like, like this, this was the smallest amount of information that we could have received. I mean, look, I don't necessarily mind the fact that we don't know too much about it. Like, I got a plot. Like that's all I really needed, right? I I got a I got a I got an elevator pitch for what this story is going to be. You know, most people they they give too much. This guy's not giving away too much. So, I'm fine with that. I'm just not like all of this, like all of the the lead up to it and and people talking about it, like I, I'm just not impressed with what I'm looking at. Like it's just weird. And weird doesn't impress me anymore. Like yeah. I, 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 just, I, I need more. I, I need more. Like I need you to show me, like a mission. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I need to see a full mission from like beginning to end. If if such a thing even exists inside of this game. Yeah. So, that being said, Mads Mikkelsen looks like he's probably going to be the best part of this entire fucking game. I mean, he's he's you know. He's the his, best. His his char- his character is at least the most intriguing thing that I see in that trailer. <laughs> in in all the different permutations that you see him. Uh, yeah. Cuz there's a lot of mystery still surrounding that character um in the way he's presented at least. In the like trailer, Ko- so. like Kojima's games, like those Metal Gear games, um you know, their story is all over the place, but um they did have like an overall plot like theme about and they, and they also they spoke really memorable right? characters and yeah that's, and that's that, what i, think, I was and that's the to. other thing too that i'm missing that i'm missing here is i'm not i'm not it's aside from mad mickelson who seems cool um none of the characters are really drawing me in right that much like, so. like uh, you know metal gear had like bounty hunters who could hold you know 50 cows with one hand and vampires and and ninjas and and uh a guy speaking through a disembodied arm and and quick like they had really like wacky characters and i don't mind i don't mind a bunch of cuts i do kind of mind a bunch of cutscenes in a video game but it helps if the characters are unique these characters don't seem unique they're just a bunch of famous people. And it essentially is just a bunch of stunt casting. And stunt casting doesn't do it for me because I can see Benicio del Toro in anything or uh, Guillermo del Toro in anything. I can see uh, Mads Mikkelsen in movies. I don't want my video games to be movies. I, 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 I mean, I know, I know a couple of people are excited about this. I know more than a couple of people are excited about this. I'm sure there's a ton of people who are excited, but I feel, I feel like that's still being reputation driven rather than yeah anything well, you're seeing from the game so far. Yeah, 100 percent, man, 100 uh, percent. <laughs> this week, uh, the latest in Microsoft really doesn't want you to buy an Xbox. Uh, Xbox Game Pass is now coming <laughs> to PC. The Xbox Game Pass service is going to soon offer a curated library of over 100 high-quality PC games on Windows 10, Microsoft announced last week. Phil Spencer says it is, quote, a new experience that we are building together with the PC community. Uh, The list of 100 PC games will come from publishers like Bethesda, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, Paradox Interactive, and Sega. 
Uh, also quoting Spencer, and just as we committed on the console, it is our intent to cl- include new games from Xbox Game Studios in the Xbox Game Pass for PC the same day as their global release, including titles from newly acquired studios like Obsidian and In Exile. We are working with over 75 developers and publishers to bring PC content to the service, and we'll ensure the library remains curated and full of great PC titles across a variety of genres with new games added every month. Why? Some really good corporate speak there. <laughs> Um, look, you gotta, you got, I, I, I don't, I, you know what? I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I like, guess you like, gotta, like it, seems, it seems like Microsoft is not bowing out of the hardware race. Certainly but, not. But it makes it seem like that their, their opinion on the hardware race is negligible, which makes me really fucking wonder what the next Xbox is supposed to be if this, if this is their if this is their uh, their approach towards hardware. I think they're playing the long game. I think they've you know they very clearly have given up on this generation and and they're working on the next one behind the scenes. But they're doing stuff like this to keep their name out there. You don't want people to forget about you. Yeah, but then you're gonna turn around and ask people to buy another five hundred dollar console in a year. You know, I, what mean, I mean. Yeah, but I see what I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like let's not pretend that, you know, people won't rush out to do it because it's the newest shiniest thing. I know, and I and I and I know that, you know, if you're playing on PC, you're playing on Windows still, and Microsoft's still getting you on that end as well. I don't know, it just seems really fucking curious. It just <laughs> seems really curious, and especially again the day and date releases uh on, you know, that you're getting on as party games pass for free as well. I don't know. Like I, I, I just feel like if I'm someone who has access to even a decent PC, I would never need to own an Xbox. Is, never feel um, compelled to own an Xbox. Is this Game Pass? Um, it's not. It's not like separate. It's. It's all one. They're just. They're just including PC games into the already existing Game Pass model, right? Yeah. So if you subscribe to Game Pass on your Xbox One, I guess that you can also do it on the PC now. Or you'll you will be able to once this rolls out. Okay. But it's just like again, if you have access to a PC but you still want a console, like right now your choice is gonna be, well I'm gonna get whatever PlayStation comes out with because I don't need to buy an Xbox because I'm playing it already on a PC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and it's weird because Microsoft, I think, is positioned to be a, the leader in this next console generation, you, learning the mistakes that they made from this current console generation. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's I, I've always found the extension to PC for Microsoft to be a curious endeavor, and it just continues to be more curious as time goes along. And and I and I also don't trust them completely either. Like I'm 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 still very wary of this. Let's break down the borders and let's connect everybody. And now we're doing it for the gamer. I'm like, this seems like a very convenient position to take when you are, when things are not going too well for you. Yeah. And I don't trust you to be as benevolent. I I don't know. Like I said, I've been around a little too long, and I'm a little too cynical, just to take this shit at face value. Yeah, it's got it screams of like Sony's film division, right? Like. Oh no, we want to we want to let Marvel have Spider-Man because we care about everybody. By the way, here's a Venom movie. <laughs> by the way, by the way, put Venom in 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 the MCU. Put Venom in there. Put Venom Venom in there. Put him in there. <laughs> like that's what it's, that's what it reminds me of. But uh we'll see. I look, I'm not going to lie and be like, "Oh, I'm not getting the next Xbox," but I'm not I'm I'm not going to play uh I'm not going to get Xbox Game Pass uh, until I see something 
substantial on it. Like right. there's there's a ton of there is a ton of um Microsoft games that just that I can already play or I don't know. It just Well that and that's the other thing too. I feel I feel like that they're sort of putting the cart before the horse with this. Like right now they're just ain't a whole lot of great Microsoft games to want to play on Games Pass. Yeah. Like, there hopefully the, will be. Like I wonder I wonder how Game Pass is going to work when, you know, they're firing on all cylinders and they're you know, they have first and second party studios making a bunch of cool shit for them. I wonder I wonder if that day and date thing is gonna still stick around. We'll see. That'd be that'd be kind of crazy if they fucking pulled back yeah, after after giving it to you for so long. But we'll we will find out. Um, something that we can't really talk about. Terrence could probably elaborate more if he was here. Uh, Apex Legends season two battle pass is going to have challenges and better rewards uh, than the season one one did. Uh, there'll be more information on this on June eighth during the EA Play live stream, uh, which you can find the schedule for. By the way, if you go to EA's website, um, they they have that information for you there. Uh, Larian Studios, who developed Divinity Original Sin, has teased their next game, and based on the teaser, it seems like it might be Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I have never played the Baldur's Gate games, Micah. I don't know if you have. Uh, I have not, but uh, everyone swears by those games. Okay, so maybe something to look forward to there. And again, look forward to hopefully more information coming for that for E3. That's what a lot of these are going to be right now, this, these last couple of news stories here. Yeah. Um, the go- Surprising Ghostbusters, the video game uh, from 2009, is getting a HD remaster uh, on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One sometime this year. Um, I enjoyed this game when it came out. I don't necessarily know that I need a remaster of it. I don't know that I need to experience it again. What an odd game to remaster. Well, I think I think it's because the Ghostbusters like 30th anniversary or 35th anniversary is 35th. Hang on a second. It's I f- fucking 84. Yeah, it's 35th anniversary yeah, is this year. Um, so I guess this is part of like a celebration of that. How about you celebrate with a movie? Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this game is Ghostbusters three. Like, like it's, 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 a, it's a better it's a better Ghostbusters three than anything they could possibly put out. And look, Harold Ramis Harold Ramis is in this, and he's dead now. So anything they do, Ghostbusters wise on film, uh, will not have him in it, and therefore it will not be valid to me because Harold Ramis on the sly is the real MVP uh, of the of the Ghostbusters films. Uh, you you know what? You're right. Um, yeah, I I didn't play this game. Um, oh really? You didn't? Yeah, I didn't play this game. It's I, it's it's surprisingly good, and if you're a Ghostbusters fan, there's a whole lot to enjoy about it. Like I I like Ghostbusters, but um, you know the people who are obsessed with this franchise and who were so butt hurt that that uh, well you you weren't butt hurt about the, no I wasn't butt hurt about the movie, but I but I am I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. Look, I totally get it, right? I totally get it, but um, it, it it just didn't. It didn't, um, it didn't click with me, uh, the way some, you know, movie franchises, you know, back to the, back to the future and Indiana Jones and Star Wars, those clicked with me. I, I just really like Ghostbusters. And, um, and the only reason I like Ghostbusters too is because they controlled the Statue of Liberty with a Nintendo arcade stick. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I like it. Um, and Vigo, it's Vigo. I like uh, that guy saying Vigo. Um, look, 
I guess, uh, you know, it, it, I'm happy for, for fans. Um, I, I would tell you if, if, if this is 30 bucks, like when it comes out, it's worth 30 bucks to check it out. You would I, enjoy I, it. It's, 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 it's a good game. I, if it's 30, I'll get it if it's 30. It's, it's a, it, it better not cost 60. If it costs 60, they can go fuck themselves. No, I think it'll cost 40. Yeah, like, like I enjoyed this game, um, but it, it needs to cost 30, 30 bucks is the right price for this game. Um, and look, if you, if you missed this game when it came out, it's got the entire original cast, uh, reprising their roles as the Ghostbusters, which is fucking outrageous that that's something that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's got a couple other, like Alyssa Milano is in it. Um, Brian Doyle Murphy or Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother, who ends up in all these Bill Murray films, is it's in it as well. <laughs> um, it's it's faithful to the Ghostbusters lore. Uh, there's a lot of fucking fan service in the game. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's definitely worth checking out if you like Ghostbusters and somehow did not play this game. Does Bill Murray care? Because when he doesn't care, <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie Hudson really cares. <laughs> like, like, not, like not, not, not surprisingly, uh, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd are the most enthusiastic uh, performances in this game. Look, Bill Murray is there, and he's being Peter Venkman. That's that's really all you can ask for. Is he being Peter Venkman, or is he being Garfield being Peter Venkman? <laughs> it was fine. Look, he ma- he mailed it in, but it's better than him not being there. <laughs> better than him not being there. Um, again, it, it's it's a, it's a solid game. And it's worth checking out. I'm shocked that it's coming back out in a remaster. Yeah. That I can't believe. Um, something that I totally can believe, uh, Shenmue 3 delayed until November. It was supposed to come out in August. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. No shit. Do you, do you, do you think it'll be delayed again? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because Londi has a way of just slipping away. So He's not uh, even supposed yeah. to be in this game. Allegedly, um, yo, what are you? What are they doing? <laughs> like you're just gonna, you're just gonna abandon the quest of, of trying to find a man that killed your father? All right, yo, all right. Look, I'm not surprised, but um, you know, if it comes out, it comes out. I don't even care anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't even care anymore. Watch, watch this be like one of the best games of the console generation, and no one's gonna be, no one's gonna see it coming. Mm. Yeah, because they won't know when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google getting ahead of the E3 hubbub. Uh, they announced today that they will be revealing Stadia games, price, and launch details on June 6th. So if you want to check that out, uh, it is streaming at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. or sorry, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific on YouTube this coming Thursday. Uh, we will have more information on that uh, whenever we do whatever we're doing for E3 next week. Um, if, if it's really co- consequential, we might do like an emergency pod, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how consequential, uh, that news is. Uh, Apple T, Apple announced today at, uh, WWDC that Apple TV, uh, is going to gain support for PS4 and Xbox One controllers. Uh, that's pretty cool, especially if you want to play games on your Apple TV that yeah. you can use the controllers that you already have, uh, in your, in your home. Um, so that's something there. Uh, Spawn, Nightwolf, and Sindel have joined Shang Tsung as confirmed Mortal Kombat 11 DLC characters that are going to be coming out for the game. Uh, Ash from the Evil Dead and the Terminator are the two characters that are rumored to fill out the DLC roster 
for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, Micah, I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, but to me, uh, Sindel and Nightwolf feel sort of underwhelming as far as guest ca- or new uh, new characters. Yeah, they are. Um, nobody likes Nightwolf. Nobody. Nobody likes Nightwolf. But the reason that those two are in the game is because I assume they didn't want to bring in too many duplicates from Mortal Kombat X. Mm-hmm. And um, Nightwolf and Sindel were featured in that game. And, um, you know, you I mean, the last time you were able to play as either one of them was Mortal Kombat 2009. Um, and... Those two probably have a higher Q rating than, you know, Striker. Well, everybody has a higher Q rating than fucking Striker. Right. Nobody wants Striker back in the game. Right. Which is why you have uh, three guest characters, because nobody nobody really cares about them. Um, But um, Spawn, I'm very, very uh, interested to see what he looks like and how he plays. Well, he'll... He'll play like a Mortal Kombat character. They all play. <laughs> they all play the same, um, but different. But uh, I'm curious to see what he looks like. And um, yeah, Ash and uh, uh, Evil Dead was a franchise I never got into. So uh, I just know that uh, Ash Williams is the guy with the chainsaw arm, and uh, the Terminator. I mean, depending on which Terminator you you pick, um, you don't they- think you don't think you don't think it'll just be the. Uh- the uh the, I hope like it, the skeletonized I, robot i i i would hope it's the t uh 800 but right. i would hope that they would try to get uh arnold's likeness because mm. you that, can't that's, that seemed like that might be a little difficult to do uh yeah 100 percent. yeah but at the same time <laughs> at the same time i don't want just the endoskeleton right you know what i mean like this game about blood and gore and you're gonna murder the endoskeleton no Right. So I uh, don't don't know if you saw, by the way, uh, Keith David, who voiced Spawn in the HBO animated Spawn series, will be playing the voice of Spawn. Well, that is just I mean, that that is that is reason to buy the combat pack alone. Um, That Spawn HBO show was really, really good. Now, the other, now the only problem is I don't know anybody and I mean anybody that's still playing Mortal Kombat 11, even just six weeks after it launched. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't really hear too much. Uh, you didn't really hear anything about this until, you know, this trailer. Like, usually NRS has a, their marketing is a little better than this. But, um, like, think about the the different combat packs with Mortal Kombat X. Like they had fully produced trailers and you can get a glimpse of what each one of the characters looks like. Like this is just like, nah, it's Sindel, Nightwolf, Spawn, and a couple other people that we ain't sure we finalized that we can get the right shit. Look, Mortal Kombat is a, is a good game, um, but it's got a lot of bullshit with it. And um, instead of, like and they're 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 like tripling down on the bullshit with the the different um towers with the different like gimmick matches and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it those gimmick matches aren't fun and um so i i don't i don't know i don't know but uh spawn y'all spawn not since uh 
Soul Calibur Soul Two. Two. Yeah. Soul Calibur Two. You can you can get Spawn, and and I mean I didn't know Keith David was going to voice Spawn like that. That really gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, this news broke right before we started recording. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion has leaked, and uh, weirdly, it has a very ambitious feature in, in that you can play as anybody in the game, any NPC that you recruit to your Watch Dogs faction, you're apparently able to play as. They have a full set of animations, voiceover, character traits, and visuals that are, I guess, generated by the by the gameplay systems. Um. So very ambitious if that's the case. Uh, this was leaked by Amazon UK, and it's been confirmed uh, by many sources inside of Ubisoft, and it's coming from Jason Schreier of Kotaku, so I am I am well, once to believe it yeah. uh, based on that. Um, and apparently that the system is so ambitious that it's been causing the developers uh, a lot of frustration and has led to at least one delay for the game so far. So I'm sure we'll hear more about this during Ubisoft's E3 press conference. Uh, but what, are your, what is your knee-jerk reaction to Watch Dogs Legion, which takes place in London, by the way? Um, I uh, I really like Watch Dogs 2. Um, part of the reason I like Watch Dogs 2 is not just because the main character was black, but that the main character had personality, whereas Aiden Pierce, I think his name was, uh, didn't really have too much personality. Um I love open world games. Um, I love London. London is a, a great walking city, uh, which is, which is good for, um, an open world game. I, I, I am excited that the game is coming out. I did not know about this whole, you can be anyone thing. I, I, I worry about how a story is crafted. When there is no main character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that gives me pause. But uh, I'm a fan of the franchise, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. To see to see what, uh, you know, more. Okay. Yeah, I don't have, I've, I've never really been keen on the Watch Dogs game, so I don't really have too much to say. But I am interested to learn more about this, uh, this apparent system uh, that they have in the game. And like, but like you said, it is concerning that how is the story going to be constructed around that? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, we'll find out. Uh, before we get to our main topic this week, don't forget to go to YouTube.com/slash Dense Pixels, click the red subscribe button, ring the bell icon. We post this podcast in video format every week. I also posted an unboxing video of the Oculus Quest last week, and I stream some Dauntless as well. So if I'm ever streaming gameplay, it's going to be on the Dense Pixels YouTube channel. So again, YouTube.com/slash Dense Pixels. Uh, we are raring and rolling after some some stuttering for the past couple months on the premium side of TNP Studios. So you will do yourself a huge favor this week to go to densepixels.com slash premium. At least put down the $5 that it takes to get premium for a month. You may be back to put down the $50 it takes to get premium for a year because this week alone – you are getting a new episode of Arian Grievances. You're, of course, getting a new episode of Look Forward. You're getting a watch-along of X-Men Apocalypse with Jay, Micah, and Terrence, where Jay and Terrence both got half drunk, and Micah, I'm sure, was drunk in feelings of rage uh, <laughs> watching X-Men Apocalypse. And uh, the piece de resistance of Premium this week, the long-awaited 
Uh, one might even say that you guys out there were gagging for it. <laughs> episode of the Men with the Golden Tongues featuring myself, Micah, and Jay, where we review uh, film classic Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> it's a really good episode of the Men with the Golden Tongues. Yeah, it is. Like, um, like, like a like aside from. It's not as good. It's not as good as the Die Another Day episode, but it's in the top three in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. In my estimation, you are you are gonna have a good time. Because <laughs> good lord. <laughs> so again, that is that is densepixels.com slash premium. Again, putting subscribing even just for a month gives you access to the entire back catalog of shows, so you can listen back to those as well. Um, lots, ton, hundreds, hundreds of hours of content there uh, right now. And a lot of it being uh, evergreen also. Yeah. And then uh, don't forget to go to uh, whatever podcatching app you use and subscribe to this show, subscribe to the Nerdpocalypse, subscribe to Black and Black Cinema, and subscribe to Coming Distractions uh, so that you never miss any of the TNP Studios content. And finally, if you want to help contribute to the podcast financially, if you use Amazon, whenever you use it, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. You'll pay the same low price, but we will get a small percentage of anything that you buy, uh, which again helps go towards buying stuff that we need to keep the lights on and keep it free for you guys here on Dense Pixels. So topic this week, there really is only one topic that it could be. As we mentioned, uh, we are less than a week away from the E3 festivities beginning. Now, I'm not going to do... We're not going to do like predictions, normal run of the mill predictions, because it's it's it doesn't seem as fun this year. I'm not I'm not buying into the E3 hype that we usually do. Usually, me and Micah are the fucking biggest E3 cheerleaders, and then we got Terrence the E3 Scrooge, you know, over here being all mad about like I don't I don't I don't fucking care about trailers. I don't give a shit. They like, show me trailers. I don't fucking care. Show me gameplay. If you don't have a gameplay demo, I don't fucking care about your game. It doesn't fucking make a difference. But me, me and Micah are, are are like the kids on Christmas. As, as cynical and as jaded as we are during the regular part of the year, E3 somehow thaws our icy hearts and gets us excited about video games. But this year, it's just not here. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. Like you know, normally when you come towards the end of a of a console cycle, you know, you start thinking about what is on the horizon right but I, I i i don't i don't know like i'm i'm content with where video games are right now and the pace at which you know technology is moving and and how certain games are coming out so uh you know all that might change um when i'm actually like every year right I don't really care about E3. I don't really care about E3. And then June comes around and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of excited, you know. But it's now it's just like, I think I got to, I think I'm, once I sit down and actually watch something, then maybe I'll, I'll I'm hoping to get excited. Yeah. That's I mean, and, and that's the thing. I think part of the reason too is because normally, like the thing, the, the conference that we're most anticipating, is not going to be there this year. Like Sony's not going to be yeah. at E3. Um, Nintendo is doing the Nintendo Direct thing, and as as informative as as those are, and as decent as they've been, it's it does not replace seeing Reggie on stage. You know what I mean? It does, or or in this case, it'd be Doug Bowser uh, on stage uh, at at E3. 
Um, Microsoft is still doing their thing, and this is kind of their year to shine. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect from them. They, they said they have fourteen first party titles that are being, you know, going to be shown off at at the stage. Um, those will be in varying stages of development. We don't know what some of them are going to be, so I guess that's something to look forward to as well. Um, as shitty as EA's conferences usually are, it's at least something to look forward to, but they're not doing a traditional uh, presentation this year. They're doing live streams that are being hosted uh, by a variety of folks uh, where they, can, I guess, take deep dive looks at their different games. Um, Ubisoft, we probably know what we're getting from them, especially with this leak now. The Watch Dogs uh, reveal is not going to surprise us at this yeah. point in time. Um, so we're going to just, I guess, talk about what we want to see from E3, uh, what we think we'll see, and and maybe things that we wish uh, to see from E3. Now, I think the biggest wild card in all of this is probably Square. Um, they took the Sony spot, the 9 p.m. Monday slot. Uh, they, we know they're revealing the Avengers game. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's as good a place to start as any, because that's, I, I'd say of all the major games that are going to be shown at E3, that's probably the one that I think people are most curious about. Now, I don't really have skin in that game, because I don't give a fuck about the Avengers. <laughs> but, Micah, you do. So what are you, what are you hoping to see from this Avengers game that Square's revealing? Um, I don't know, man. Maybe something like a, um. Maybe something like a like an old school four player co op game, or or um, I, I you know I'm afraid it's going to be like Kingdom Hearts or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't want Kingdom Hearts Avengers. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. I also don't want like there was a video a long time ago of of um the supposed Avengers game, but it was in like first person. I didn't like that at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, when you have a a game with like an ensemble, you know, cast like that, I, I maybe like a like a, but but maybe like a Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but they're already doing Marvel Ultimate Alliance, so yes, I, they are. <laughs> so I don't, uh, I don't really. I, I I don't know. I'm very I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see what this is. But I, I I'm not getting too excited because I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. I'm also wary of Square anyway because their presentations are never very good, at least from an entertaining perspective. Um, I mean they're going to have Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm sure they're going to show us more than they showed us in I mean, that little teaser. You kind of have to. Ago. You At this point, you do. To. You don't. You don't have Kingdom Hearts to to lean on as a crutch right. anymore. Um, there's some speculation that we'll see the reveal of a new numbered Final Fantasy game. Do you think that it's time for Final Fantasy 16 to debut? I mean, if you want to just see a title card, then yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, like the, <laughs> <laughs> whatever they show, it's 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 going to be five years away. And they're probably going to scrap it for the offshoot game that uh, they're making in tandem with it. So um, I would be surprised if I saw another Final Fantasy. When did Final Fantasy 15 come out? Uh, three years ago. Hmm. 
So, and they've been milking Final Fantasy fifteen. You, but it's, but it's done now. Like they're they're done. Yeah, the tab, the tab is turned off. So, yeah, and I don't think they will turn right around. Is what I'm saying. Um, I'm, I'm not saying like I'm it's going to come out soon. I'm just, no, no, I'm just I'm, saying that you know. Uh, but you know, I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I'm saying, I hope they don't announce it because I don't want them to announce, hey, there's a new Final Fantasy coming, and because you know how they traditionally do, right? Like they'll, they'll, they'll show you some pre-rendered cutscene of something that will end up inevitably uh, uh, looking completely different by the, you know, five years from now. I I would be surprised. I hope I'm wrong. I love Final Fantasy. Who doesn't love Final Fantasy, right? Um, I think you'll get a lot of Final Fantasy, what is it, 14? I think they just had an expansion come out or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think you'll get... Uh, uh, what's When was the last uh, Tomb Raider game that came out? It just came out. You're not going to see anything from Tomb Raider this year. It just came out last year. And um, what? Uh, and the Square have uh, Hitman. They do. No, no, they don't. They don't. They got rid of that. Actually. Um. Wait. No. WB had it. Do I don't know what I think. I think. I think the Hitman folks are self-publishing now. Actually. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of off table. Maybe another Deus Ex, Micah. You think we're gonna get another Deus Ex game to to take you? I, there's no way, fucking way that we're gonna get another Deus Ex game. No, I me? can't. No. No, not at all. Um, I mean, I, I, so for me, and and to pivot off of Square, I, I, I'm dying for a reason to be excited about Microsoft, and and specifically about Microsoft first party studios. Microsoft has been a company as, as from their games perspective that has never quite clicked with me. Never really played Halo. Gears of War, I didn't really get into. Like, it's fine. It's whatever. Obviously, Forza is not really my bag. And by the way, apparently, there's not going to be a Forza 8 coming out this year, which is shocking. Really? <clears throat> if that's the case. Um, but Microsoft has never excited me. Like, I've never, though I've owned several Xboxes over the years, I've never felt compelled to own one. And I usually end up getting rid of it because it just sits there, never getting played. Because any multi-platform game that I have, I'm usually playing it on the PlayStation. So Microsoft has a huge opportunity to fucking crush it this year. Their two major competitions are nowhere to be seen. I mean, Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo's going to do, but for the most part, Microsoft has the stage exclusively to themselves. They get to set the tone for E3 because they're the first official E3 presentation that you're going to see. EA's thing doesn't really fucking count because it's being done off site anyway. But Microsoft has it in their hands to spit some hot fire and get people really excited about Xbox. And when I say that, I'm not talking about fucking having 18 trailers like world premiere, but it's also going to be a PS4. World <laughs> premiere, but it's going to be a PS4. Uh, exclusive console reveal, but again, the game is coming out on PS4. Like that was literally 90% of what their presentation was last year. And people thought that like, ooh, like look at Microsoft. Like they're showing all the games. I'm like, yeah, but all these games that they're showing that you got excited about, you're going to be able to play on PS4 anyway. The only reason that PlayStation is not showing them is because PlayStation wanted to focus exclusively on first party (laughs) this year. (laughs) And they had to go somewhere. So I really hope Microsoft takes that seriously. And they realize, and I think they do, because they've been buying up a million studios, 
that they realize that their first party stuff has to come and it has to come really strong. So I'm begging for them to give me a reason to give a shit about owning an Xbox at some point. And it's up to them to kind of execute that and pull that off. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. Um, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get, I think we're going to get the trailer showcase, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, what did they say? 14 first party titles, 14 first party titles. But again, what does that mean? Yeah. That what means, does that mean? Like, does, I mean, obviously we're going to get an extended look at gears of war. I'm sure. Right. Obviously we're going to get maybe another nugget of information about halo infinite, probably not gameplay. But you might get a little bit about Halo Infinite. Ori is going to be one of the games they show off. How, how I don't know how the fuck that game hasn't come out yet. I feel like I've been hearing about Ori 2 for like the past three years. But that's another first party Microsoft game that they're going to talk about. Do and you what? Th- go do ahead. You, do you think? Do you think we'll get another Fable? No, the, that studio I don't even think exists anymore. Does it? Let me find out. But Lion, uh, lion's heads or whatever it was called. I'm just trying to figure out what they could possibly, what they could possibly do. I and mean, Obsidian's still going to be promoting the Outer Worlds. I don't know if they're going to be ready to talk about what they're doing for Microsoft now that they're in the Microsoft employee. Um, we might get the first game from uh, Ninja Theory, or at least the first glimpse of the first game from Ninja Theory with Microsoft. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know what to expect. But Which, I hope it's something good. Yeah, I mean, I, like we don't know what to expect. That's a that's 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 a good thing, though. Yeah, right? that that is a, that's a good thing. Um, and it o- makes o- only wanna... if they only if they surprise you, though. Like only if they if they leave you feeling optimistic about where they're where they're headed <laughs> with their first party I mean, studios. There's the rub. <laughs> I'm saying, and th- and that's the thing. Like that that's I think that's my biggest problem this year is that Ubisoft. I'm not particularly excited about what Ubisoft's going to show. Like, like I would think the thing that they're going to show the most is Beyond Good and Evil Two. That's not a series that I have a real personal connection with, and they and they have to make me care about that game to get me excited about that game. Yeah, nobody has a personal connection with it. Everyone, right. everyone says they want it. Nobody's played it. Like nobody's <laughs> played that first game. Nobody's played that first game. Hence, why they're only making a sequel now. That game came out. That was a what PS2 game. PS was it PS2? I think it might be PS1. Uh, either or, like the, it skipped a few console generations, right? Because nobody cares. You know, EA. Um, sure, I'd like to see what new shit's coming to FIFA this year. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I'm not fucking hyped about that game. I'm not gonna be unless unless that game blows me away with what they show. <laughs> At EA Play this year, so you're they're fighting from the high eight ball. Bethesda, unless Yo. unless unless, unless you unless you're show, unless unless you're showing me gameplay of Starfield, that's that's all I care to see from you. Anything else you got that ain't Starfield, I'm not fucking interested. I'm very, uh, you know what? I am interested in that press conference because I want to like we need like live fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like, just, just, you know, like rumor busters, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm curious to watch that from a perspective of like, I, like I want to watch it and record it 
and then play it back for Carrie when when uh, when everything that was promised has been underdelivered, if delivered at all. <laughs> but like they're going to talk about Fallout seventy six. I don't give a shit. They're going to talk about Elder Scrolls Blades. Don't care. They're probably going to mention Rage two DLC. Certainly don't give a fuck about that. Like, like I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what Bethesda is going to come with that I'm going to care about. I'm sure they'll have a couple surprises up their sleeve. They'll have an extended gameplay look at Doom Eternal. That's cool. Not a really big Doom guy, but you know, yeah. I'm sure it'll look awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just it, 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 it's that, and that's why, like I said, I hate to be a fucking downer because this is the time of year that I'm the most hype. But it's just hard to hard to figure out like what's coming that I'm gonna be excited about. And I guess I guess I guess the biggest thing I'm wishing for is is for the surprises. Like I hope the surprises are really cool and substantial. Like and, and I really hope a lot of companies have subscribed to the theory that Bethesda's been doing and that you know a lot of other game companies have been doing where they're not talking about their games until five months before the game comes out, and then they can surprise us with that. And have yeah. gameplay right out of the gate and have, you know, substantial stuff to talk about. That's what'll be cool if it's something to get excited for. But this this E3 is just so fucking weird. What what else are you hoping to see this year? Um, I'm hoping to see Randy Pitchford nowhere near this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? Um I I don't uh I don't know. I'm not I'm not really into uh hardware uh, i don't want any new hardware just yet um i mean i guess uh no i'm not even gonna lie and say i'd be looking forward to a new gears because i i couldn't finish gears four um and i like that franchise but it just just kind of fell off uh for me um i'm i'm actually yeah i don't know i don't know I just, I want to sit back and I want to be, I want to be entertained. I want to, I want something to, I want something to hit me. And it's really hard to guess what, what they're going to do because I have no clue as to what any, any company is. I want my, I want Microsoft to, to, to wow me because, you know, I don't, we, we get on them because it's, it's their time in the in this console war they're they're at the bottom they're you know they're not at the top anymore so it's but i do want them to succeed and i want them to show me something that's that's substantial and i i think they'll have i think they'll have uh their presentation will be like a gentleman's c just like <laughs> respectable it's perfectly fine if you if you want to graduate all right i mean technically Dude, in in this opportunity if they come if they come with a gentleman c <laughs> right that's like, what i'm saying like th this is it for them man like like they they have been handed an opportunity that nobody has ever had yeah they they have license to dunk on sony with reckless abandon <laughs> because they're not there to hit back you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like, like, like this, this is their shot. This is their shot. Like, like if they, if they are going to be a fucking force to be reckoned with in generation nine, this is their shot. I don't think they'll do it though. I don't think they'll do it. I think you'll, you'll, you'll get the, you'll get the, you know, you'll get the trailers. And, and, and look, we, we ragged on Terrence at the beginning of the segment, but he's right. Trailers just aren't enough anymore. Nope. They're not. You got to show gameplay. 
Yeah. You've, you've got you've got to show me doing cool shit. And I get it's a vertical slice and it's not going to be indicative of the entire game. I get all that stuff. But just fucking show me a pre-rendered cutscene trailer is not sufficient anymore. Yeah. You might, you might bookmark my interest for six months down the road when you actually have something to show me. Oh, there's one more. There's one more thing. I, I hope that we get more. I hope we get a release date for Cyberpunk. The the one game that I am the most excited for I, of all of those games. You think that's oh. It's not coming out this year. I don't think it's coming out this year, but I do hope that we get at least maybe a release window. Like 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 I'd, I'd be satisfied with the spring 2020 and oh by the way, here's 20 more minutes of new gameplay that you haven't seen before. I think that game is um I think that game is like prime for like a next generation launch. You think so? You don't think that they'll uh that that it'll be this generation's uh great swan song? Kind, I, of, the, kind of kind of the last of us for for generation 8 of sorts. I hope so, but I think it'll be if at best I think it'll be um I think it'll be like uh that one Zelda game that came out for the for both consoles for the Wii Oh, I, I think I think it'll be playable on the new stuff, but I, I I hope it doesn't wait for the new stuff to to release. I'm afraid I'm afraid it might wait for the new stuff. Mm. But I want uh, that I want that game now. <laughs> I want I want it now. Like, I don't want to have to wait. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um I I look forward to when when is E three <laughs> when is E three it it sort of start it sort of sort of starts Saturday okay Sa- um, sa- Saturday Saturday Sunday Monday Tuesday are the are the days to care about and then Tuesday Wednesday is the show proper uh, and that's also when Jeff Keeley is going to be doing his E three like Coliseum panels which some some are some are very good some are not I I usually catch like a quarter of them uh, about the ones that are most interesting to me. I, so. I'm I'm not gonna say I hate Jeff Keighley because I, I I I watch him, you know, and I don't think that hate watching is a thing. But um, goddamn, that guy gets on my nerves. Well, look, as long as long as he's not talking about Hideo Kojima, I like Jeff Keighley. When when he get when he gets on his Kojima kicks, no thank you, no thank you. I, I get he's your best friend and, and you want to support him and and no, but it's 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 over the top. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Jeff. It's over the top. Like, what are we doing here, man? Um, as far as we go, uh, listeners, uh, I know we're not doing anything live for E three, partially because I have to work on Sunday, partially just because uh, I I don't know. I feel like I, this year we got to let it digest. Yeah. Um, so my thoughts, and we're doing this. We're 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 you're, you're seeing behind the curtain. We're working this out in real time. Um, I I know that the I, I think it would be a good idea for me and Carrie to do Bethesda. Like we'll do a Bethesda Nintendo episode mm-hmm. on Tuesday because Carrie cares a hell of a lot more about both those than anybody else on the show is going to. Yeah. Um, and I think that depending on what Microsoft shows, see that's the thing. I I think it's really dependent on what we see. Um, I think if Microsoft brings the fire, we might have to do a Microsoft episode. Mm-hmm. And then if not, then maybe we, we, uh, we just lump them in with everything else. That's not Bethesda Nintendo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It, um, it, you know, it, it, we're in a wait and see mode and that's just so weird. 
It is very weird. It is very <laughs> weird. Normally, we'd be telling you, hey, we're going to fucking be pre and post for Microsoft and pre and post for Sony. And yeah. we're going to have three podcasts for you on Tuesday. It's like, no, we just got to wait to see what fucking happens because we yeah. really don't know what it's going to look like. We have to wait and see if it's worth our time. Wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think E3 would come to this. E3 is like, E3 is like, you know, that 40 year old single guy still throwing parties and shit. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody else is fucking gone off and they got families. They're doing their own fucking thing. And you're trying to rope people in, dude. Like, <sighs> so here, so here, so what, what I'm going to tell you guys, listeners is, uh, just, just, just subscribe. And we don't know when stuff's going to drop. Don't expect the regular Monday episode. But maybe you will get something on Monday because maybe because again maybe Microsoft's gonna be so compelling that we have to talk about it. Yeah, right away. Let's maybe hope not. so. Maybe we might have to wait till Tuesday. <laughs> we'll see. Sorry, sorry to not have something more concrete for you, but yeah, hey, it's a weird, it's a weird year. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> really, you can blame Sony if Sony if Sony was here. I feel like we'd probably be sticking to the regular schedule. So Sony leaving has thrown such a wrench. Into the works <laughs> when it comes to E3. God damn it, Sony. There you go. God, Brad, God damn you. Quote Brad, blame Sony. It is Sony's fault. <laughs> Watch them be dicks and still announce something fucking megaton. Like during E3, like, we're not here, but we're going to lay out the biggest news of the week. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs> Watch them do it right before Microsoft's presentation on Sunday, too. Oh, Yo, my this- God. I would fucking love it. I would fucking love it. Or, or do it right after, like while people are like clicking their keyboards, like fucking throw, like look over here, like oh right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, keep keep your ears peeled uh, to what we got coming out. Again, like I said, we just couldn't do the live stuff this year because um, it just doesn't. I don't know. We're just not as excited. We we don't we don't want to do the live stuff and, and us be fucking down, you know downers during the pre show. Yeah, yeah. So. Nobody wants nobody wants that. So, like I said, we'll, we'll wait to see what E3 gives us, and then we will give E3 the proper response. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. There you go. So, again, uh, densepixels.com slash fans. What I can promise uh, is that during the press conferences, uh, we will probably be doing uh, live like watch along threads on Facebook and that'll be in the fan group. So again, densepixels.com slash fans uh, to get in on the chat with that. It's always a good time fucking bullshitting back and forth, everybody. Um, make sure you follow us on social media at densepixels. Again, whatever, what pad catching app you use, subscribe to the show. Go to, you, uh, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe there as well. Uh, if you want to see Terrence stream on Twitch, he is apparition410 and Carrie is Suppets Carrie. Uh, That is it for us this week. Uh, We will see you guys in various forms next week. Uh, Happy E3. Maybe you'll get fucking emergency pod with me and Micah on like Thursday or Friday or on Friday. I guess it would have to be Friday uh, this week. uh, If Stadia has something that's of note that we need to talk about. And uh, and yeah, so play it by ear, guys. We'll we'll fucking see you. We'll see you.